0: Hi, and thank you for listening to me introduce the Family Life Christian Center podcast. Whether you're listening because you slept in on Sunday, or you're just back for more, we are so glad you're here. We truly believe God is doing great things in the earth through you. Whether it's your family, friends, co-workers, or people you've never met, you are called to touch the lives of those around you. We believe it's our job to empower you to fulfill your highest calling in Christ, So buckle up, because we know God has something special for you right here and now. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. We have a very awesome guest speaker for you guys today. The word that I would use to describe him, now that I've spent a little bit of time with him, I think is delightful. I think Chuck is delightful. He is the leader of the healing rooms out at Bethel Church in California, which, if you don't know, we support Bethel as a church. Uh, and we just so believe in the mission that God has called Bethel to. And Chuck is on the leadership team there. He runs the healing rooms. He's a powerful man of God. And I don't need to say anymore because he's going to just show you who he is, and it's going to be awesome. So let's welcome Chuck up.
1: Now I am really on, like on. And thank you for fixing me up. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, there's so much life in this place. Oh, my goodness. I am so delighted with just the energy and the life and the visions and dreams and everything that's happening here. Uh, whoo. Mm, yeah. You know, we live in an open heaven. This is good news, right? We live in an open heaven. It's an open heaven because of what Jesus did. If you read in any of the Gospels where he was baptized, it says he he came to the river uh, to be baptized. Because this was a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Like sins were wiped away from your slate. And people were coming out in droves to get this. And Jesus shows up and John goes, whoa, (laughs) I need to be baptized by you. And what did Jesus say? He said, no, I need to fulfill all righteousness. I'm going to step into this baptism as a man to fulfill all righteousness. And he stepped in as you and me to fulfill all righteousness. And when he did, you know what happened? It says the heavens were ripped open. Come on. And the voice of the Father booms out from heaven. You're my beloved Son, the one I delight in. And the Holy Ghost came down upon him, and it all started. Woo! Um, <laughs> what what God was saying when He said that? He, he said He said, "Okay, you know, I, I created mankind to be my sons and daughters, all of mankind, and." you ran away from the plan. No, no, no. This is what son and daughter looks like. This one, this beautiful Jesus. Look at Jesus. This is what I delight in. This is what delights my heart. The son, the daughter who steps in to fulfill all righteousness, who who humbles themselves and goes, yeah, your way, God, not my own way, not the way of the deceiver, not, not following lies, but just, just responding to you, here I am. And God goes, oh, yes, that's my delight. That's my son. That's what my son looks like. And then you know what that Jesus did? He just sucked us all into himself. He right. did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He just sucked us in, and now we are in Christ Jesus by God's own doing. Isn't that true? I mean, this is all scriptural. <laughs> and now we stand under an open heaven. And, and, you know, if you read the New Testament, he never zipped heaven back up again. Oh, that was good for Jesus. But, oh, not for you, Benjamin. Zip. <laughs> no, we, we live and move and breathe in an open heaven. And we have access to everything that's in heaven, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. How many spiritual blessings do you think there are in the heavenly places? I don't know. How many presents does Sarah have under the Christmas tree? Where'd she go? (laughs) Did you guys ever go who got the most presents? (laughs) Oh. we live in an open heaven and, and see the thing, and, and I want to share this message because as a church, you're going through a time of metamorphosis of, you know, things are changing, moving, growing, and, you know, that's always a stretching time. And uh, the whole, the church all over the world, um, I don't know, for some reason, the past oh, man. year and a half is just kind of a changing time for the church. Did you notice that? I mean, <laughs> I don't know stuff was going on in the world and it impacted how we met, how we did stuff. But you know what? During that time, uh what we found is, you know, for healing rooms, we sick people couldn't come to us anymore. So we just got online. We developed new things. We reached out and we started seeing miracles over Zoom, over phone calls, over every way we could because You can't stop the gospel by making mandates and and rules. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what's important for us to realize is, oh no, this church is going on. And we're just going to morph into new ways of doing things. But what we began to look at, and and that's why I'm sharing this for you guys, because you're in this this transitional metamorphosis time, is, you know, we want to know, okay, what's non-negotiable that we're going to carry with us no matter what? No matter what the form looks like, no matter what, you know, the strategies look like, you know, any other thing, the systems, everything changes, but there's some stuff we're carrying. And and so what we wanted to... uh, just look at is is what does it take to be an open heaven community, not just me living in an open heaven, but relating to a family living in an open heaven. Because we have, um, we used to have eight or nine hundred people uh, volunteers on our healing rooms team. Um, you know, during that past you know couple of years, it, it dwindled down to four hundred. That's still a nice small church. and we want a body of people who are coming together every single week creating an open heaven we do it online and in person so that people come into an open heaven and they experience the miracle power of God they see you know pain leave they see uh healing come cancerous tumors dissolve people get out of wheelchairs wonderful things happen because, not because we're so good at healing the sick, it's because we're focused on stewarding an open heaven so that people can come and God just gets them. Because healing is his heart. Healing isn't peripheral to the gospel. People come to us and go, oh, How can we start a healing room so we can see healing? And I go, Hey, what kind of culture do you have in your church? Do you have an open heaven culture? Do you have a culture of healing in your church? Let's start with that. And so I want to share um, just four things. This is really easy. So if you're taking notes, you don't even have to take many. <laughs> 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 but just four things that we get all our people to agree with, our, our 400 to 800 to 900 to agree with because we're stewarding an open heaven where anything can happen. Okay. Ready? Yes.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Okay, the first thing, the presence of God.
0: Come
1: on. (laughs) It's recognizing that he's here. You know, and, and when we come together, every time we come together, we're here to steward his presence because he says he's here. Jesus says, when two or more of you gather together in my name, I'm right here in the midst of you. Okay so because he said that we're inviting our people hey let's come together whether we're going to worship whether we're going to talk whether we're going to um, you know roll around on the floor whatever we're going to do we we want to pay attention that he's here his presence <laughs> Now, I love everything about God's presence from his goodness to the terror of God. I mean, sometimes, you know, Uh it's scary Jesus, right? (laughs) Eyes of fire (laughs) on my face. (laughs) I love that too. But sometimes it's mischievous, playful Jesus. (laughs) It's... Sometimes he's so full of mischief, you know, he just pulls tricks on us when we're so, you know, like you were talking about, so stuffy. <laughs> he, he, he has ways of <laughs> <laughs> making us realize we're not as cool as we think we are <laughs> because he loves us because it's family. And because he's, he wants to be real with us, he's not looking for a slick group of people who come together looking good. He's looking for a people who come together to be real. Yep. And when we recognize his presence in the midst of us, all we have to do is be real with him. Yep. Just be real with him. And, and so we're, we ask our people to come together to honor his presence. We're going to honor his presence based on his word. He says he's here, so I'm going to act talk treat others like he's right here and that can be fun or that can be scary it doesn't matter but it's he's right here so can i judge my brothers and sisters if he's right here in the midst of us <laughs> 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 The thing is, all the judgment I think you deserve, Benjamin. (laughs) See, all the judgment that I deserve, he took upon his own body on the cross so that I'm free to be loved and just free to be accepted and free to be me. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I'm just me. So I can take all the judgment I think Benjamin deserves and I just put that on his body on the cross also. And now Benjamin's free to be loved and I'm free to be loved. And we both stand in a freedom that we didn't earn. And this is how we treat each other in, when the presence of God is in the midst of us in an open heaven. I can't judge anybody else because I just look at myself and I go, oh God, we're both the ones you died for. Thank you. Yeah. And it changes our perspective of people. Yeah, we're weird. Yeah, we offend each other sometimes. When, um, sometimes I get drunk in the Holy Spirit. It, it's, it's a fact, actually.
0: <laughs>
1: I have offended myself when I've been drunk in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I really did. That. <laughs> Benjamin has seen such a thing in public. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, but... When, when we come together, every time we come together, when we pay attention to and we, we put it foremost in our mind, you're here, Jesus, you're here in the midst of us. You know, sometimes it's holy awe, sometimes it's, oh, yay, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's joy, it can be anything. And, but we don't try to regulate, okay, every time we come together, we've got to be this way. No, how's Jesus feeling today? Right. <laughs> Let's interact. He might want us all to laugh. I can remember um, when laughter was rolling through the church in crazy ways. There was this one lady who had that kind of laughter that was like fingernails on the blackboard. You know? yeah. you know, and everybody go, can't you make her stop? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I knew her story. Yeah. And so I told people, I said, hey, why don't you go... Once you ask her what happens to her when she falls out on the floor and starts laughing, I knew this woman. Her entire childhood, she'd been sexually abused by her brothers and her father. She'd been in a violent and abusive marriage for 40 years nothing but victimization and then Jesus set her free 40 years of joy hit her all at once she couldn't contain it I said you go ask her her story and then you see if you want to get her to stop laughing I don't she's got some catching up to do you don't know somebody's story But when Jesus is present, stuff's going to happen to people. And we're going to love each other because we're going, oh, God, you're here. What are you doing? I mean, I've been in places in Asia where you go, is that God or is that the devil? (laughs) (laughs) But I found that if I close my eyes, all I feel is the presence of God. And go, no, it's God. It looks weird, but nope. (laughs) You're here yeah. <laughs> It's that same feeling I get. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to look at it. <laughs> I don't understand it. There's stuff we don't understand, but if we if we'll agree that we're coming into the holy presence of God, he can do what he wants to do, and I'm not dictating how he does it okay this is this is the first thing and in coming together as an open heaven community is is all of us. Turning our attention to the fact that he's right here, right now. Really here. He says he's here. I'm going to talk to him like he's here. I'm going to respond like he's here. I'm going to act like he's here. Okay, got that one? Is that good? (laughs) Okay, second thing. The presence of God. (laughs) But this one's that personal presence of God. He says... He lives inside of us. He says, I put my Holy Spirit inside of you. He says, you're a temple of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit lives in me. And so we ask all our people, hey, every time we come together, remember he's here. That's where Kenny got that song, Oh, You're Here. (laughs) You're here now. He just started, we were talking and he just started, he just made up a song as we were talking about him being here. (laughs) That Kenny, he's a
0: genius.
1: (laughs) But, uh, you know, just that recognition, oh, but you're here. You know, we do healing rooms and people come in, you know, in wheelchairs, four-stage cancer, all kinds of, you know, horrible situations and God heals them. And we don't know how to do it, (laughs) but we, we, all of us as a group, we just turn our attention to him and go, oh, but you're here. You're here inside and you're here in the room. Anything can happen. Oh, we had a lady get out of the wheelchair um, a few weeks ago in the healing rooms. I I love it when people get out of wheelchairs. It's just so fun. Um, She she uh, had had a stroke 15 years before. So for 15 years, from the time she was 15 till she was 30, she had been housebound um, either in a wheelchair or the only walking she did was to get from the wheelchair to the toilet. That's all she'd done. Her younger sister, who was 12 when she had the stroke, had for 15 years been her primary caregiver. They both came to the healing rooms and this lady had been in pain, uh, in, in bed mostly, in, in her house, hardly ever going anywhere for 15 years. And, um, she, you know, she had a lot of depression. She had discouragement. Her sister had given up her life to serve her. And they saved up enough money to fly from, from North Carolina to, to the healing rooms in California. And they came in hoping to meet God. Well, we had a team that was stewarding the presence of God in the midst of us. Worshippers, dancers, artists, prayer teams, greeters, everybody's. All our job is just to steward the presence of God and to recognize his presence in us. So somebody came up to this beautiful lady in the wheelchair and just started releasing the joy of heaven upon her this lady started laughing. She couldn't stop laughing. I mean, 15 years of depression left and she just got joy. She got so happy. Uh, And and she just stayed there the whole day and her sister's pushing her around and they're just laughing. They hadn't laughed in 15 years. So they come into our, our testimony time at the end and I got to make this fast. <laughs> and they're laughing. And so we're going, hey, this is really awesome. You've got so much joy. Tell us what's happening. And then we said, uh, would you like to try to walk? And she said, sure. Wow. So, you know, a few people got on either side of her and they kind of helped her walk. And then she kind of walked, you know, and she, I think she walked 30 steps. Exactly. Hadn't done that in 15 years. Yep. So she left. She actually walked to her car. Yep. Well, she came back the next week and she said, she didn't say, I want to walk. She said, I want more of that joy. Yep. I want joy like a waterfall. I want joy that All I can't right. get We can do that. <laughs> <laughs> she got wrecked with joy. She couldn't stop laughing. We said, would you like to try walking? She got up and people helped her and she's walking, you know, kind of awkwardly. But within minutes, she's, her stride changed. Yep. Strength came into her legs. You know, 15 years of not using them. She's yes. walking around the room. Her, <laughs> her sister pushed her wheelchair down the hall as she's walking out the door. And then I did something really stupid. Because <laughs> she'd gotten so drunk with joy, before you know she's going down the wheelchair. I went, "Yeah, have some more!" And and, and here's this lady, first time walking in 15 years, hits the wall. <laughs> and I go, "No, oh, no, what have I done?" She walked drunk out of the building and didn't fall down. (laughs) She came back the next week and she said for the first time in 15 years, she took care of herself all week. She cooked, she went to the bathroom, she did makeup, she did all those things she had not been able to do. That's what Jesus does. And we don't know how to do that. All we do is create an open heaven where anything can happen. And so this is why no matter what your form takes, you know, what, you guys need a new building. This isn't big enough. (laughs) I prophesy a new building. (laughs) Um, But no, no matter what it looks like, you guys get to make it a place where you, yeah. you steward and honor the presence of God in your midst. And you steward and honor the presence of God in each of you as you come together. So there's, there's two more things. Okay, we got the presence of God and we got the presence of God. Boom. Okay, the third thing, it says in, in Psalm 72, God, you only do wondrous things. That's all he does is miracles. I mean, you know, this, the whole debate about supernatural, <laughs> that's who he is. <laughs> but I'm not trying to be supernatural. He made me a supernatural being. He brought me into Christ Jesus and put his Holy Spirit in me. I don't know. That's pretty supernatural. <laughs> and so what we do is we, we realize he only does wondrous things. He's in the midst of us. And so every time we get together, we realize, oh, he only does wonders and he wants to do them with me. That's just his plan. Yeah. And we just need to agree with it. We can go, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not trained enough. I'm not anointed enough. It's all lies. Yeah. The one who lives in you is the anointing. That's right. He's the holy one. Yeah. He does the miracles. So get over yourself. stop (laughs) I can remember when I was so fixated on how I came across (laughs) then he just took me outside of myself to sit with him and look at me and I just went oh Jesus (laughs) I'm so sorry (laughs) that I was so fixated on me When you are right in the midst of us and inside of me and altogether lovely. Oh, I want to think about you. So the third thing is that he's always doing wonders and he wants to do them with me. And the fourth thing is because of that, every time we gather together, miracles are going to break out. And that's what we just ask our healing teams to agree on. Hey, every time we get together, miracles are going to break out. Not because I know how to do them, but because we're going to steward the presence of God in the midst of us. And we're going to steward the presence of God within us. We're going to look at each other. And and see, this is what, um, you know, (laughs) you can have a religious event. (laughs) You can have a religious event if you like. <laughs> you really can or you can have a dynamic release of the culture of heaven amongst people yep now religious events I mean, church is an event but and and it demands workers you got to have workers for a religious event and workers you know They've got to be there. It's all about them. It's about duty. It's about showing up on time. It's about this. All that stuff's good. Stewardship of your time and, and you know, responsibility is important. But see, when, you've, when you're releasing the culture of heaven, you don't create workers. You create lovers. <laughs> And lovers know their love by the living God, and they overflow with lover, love for each other. And instead of you know, competing and doing duty and trying to work and needing validation, lovers champion each other. Yeah. And lovers fire up, and they keep firing up, and they keep firing up. See, workers trying to create religious events, they burn out. And, and anyone in ministry, if, you're, if you've ever burned out, you want to know why you burned out? I'll tell you why. It's because your outer platform became bigger than your inner reality. And there's this collapsing. The more your platform expands, the more it's important that your inner world increases and increases and increases. This culture of heaven, and this that's why it's important as we champion each other that we we care about each other's inner world. We're not judging, we're not criticizing, we're not comparing. We're just, hey, how are you doing? How's your time good. with Jesus? I see those gifts in you. Uh, <laughs> why is that lamp under a bushel? <laughs> Can I pop your bushel off? Oh my goodness, look how bright you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's our responsibility to see the gold in each other and call it forth. To call it forth. Because we don't want religious events, they're boring. Amen. And you got to keep them going and keep them going and you, get, you burn out. But a man. gathering cool. that comes out of the culture of heaven where there's a ripped open heaven and the father goes, oh, these are the kids I delight in. Yeah, yes. this is what I delight in. Here we are in him and he's in us and we're honoring his presence and we're championing each other because we see God in each other. That's why Paul said, you know, no, no man after the flesh. It's because there's something amazing in each one. And yeah, we all look different. We dress different and, you know, act funny sometimes. (laughs) But Jesus said, except you be converted, changed and, and come like a little child, you can't even enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, in the Passion Translation that says, unless you come with the wide-eyed wonder of a child. And see, this is what we see happening in our healing rooms is people come together with wide-eyed wonder. Can't wait. We dedicate the whole first hour of our healing rooms just to our team getting wrecked with God and wrecked with each other, worshiping and getting drunk in the Holy Spirit together. (laughs) I mean, just having this time of freedom and glory and family. And then they open the doors and the guests come in. And I mean, sometimes we have to pull our people off the floor and you know whatever. But they're coming into family. They're coming into a place where we're real and we're, we've hosted the presence of God. And we're going to keep hosting the presence of God. And God does miracles. We have people get healed without anybody praying. One week, 32 people got healed walking down the hallway from the greeter station to the first session. Because in the first session, the teacher said, hey, check your bodies out. How many of you suddenly got healed as you arrived at this room? And 32 people raised their hand. They just went, wow, this pain its not here. Because more happens in the presence of God than we can ever try to create through a religious event. You can have the best worship team, the best musicians. We, we had a, a tiny church in the mountains of Colorado in a ski resort. So people came and went, you know, all the time. We always, I, I'm raising up worship teams. I'm not musical. Um, I don't play any instrument. I can't, I don't know if I can even carry a tune. Uh, you know, I, my singing doesn't sound pretty. But I raised up new worship teams every week. I mean, every week. Every, thank God it wasn't that often. <laughs> every year, every season, I would be raising up a new worship team with finding the musicians. They all went, oh, I'm a musician. I can play one. Yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> let's work on this. Because I, I had to teach them how to worship in spirit and in truth. And, then, and sometimes it was the least experienced musician that would be the leader, i go, no, he's got it. He's got it. He, just, he only knows three chords, but he's got it. That's right. You guys are going to support him. He's got it. Because we want people who are learning how to steward the presence of God in themselves, among each other, and in the way we treat each other. And this is a, a safe place. This is building family. This is, yeah, I just love you know, what you guys are doing with your whole family and that so many of them are here and part of it, you know, because it is about family. God's invited us into his family. Yep, the eternal family of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, never competing with each other. Always the Father glorifies the Son, the Son glorifies the Father, the Holy Spirit glorifies the Son. They're always glorifying each other. And when you see an open heaven community, you see people who champion each other, who, who encourage each other, who praise each other, who call forth the gold in each other. Because we're learning to be just like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We've been invited into a family. And, this, and so these are the non-negotiables. You can meet any way that you want. You can get any building that you want. I'm just prophesying that. You can get any building you want. Right <laughs> Because uh, God's got it all. But he's looking for a people who will be the Son standing in an open heaven, listening to the delight of the Father. And it gets tested. I mean, there's that next chapter in Luke where it says, and then... The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And I go, Jesus, whatever happened to lead us not into temptation? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) The Holy Spirit didn't lead Jesus into the wilderness to lead him into the devil's trap to see if he could stand. Would he be the Messiah? Would he stand up to it? No, no, no. Uh, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness because he's leading the devil into his trap, which is Jesus, man, who knows who he is. He knows who the Father is. He knows he's the son that he loves. He hits him with all this, if you're the son of God, if you're the son of God. He goes, Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> there is no if in this story yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just got this funny movie in my head oh my goodness can I tell a story that yeah. maybe is marginal <laughs> 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 so we had this uh, in the healing rooms this man came over and over again with cancer and he oh. was struggling with, he was struggling with cancer and you know he wasn't seeing healing happen and he's going through all you know the g- mental gymnastics of why he's not getting healed and he's thinking and thinking and thinking you know maybe I have some unforgiveness sin in my life what have I done you know and, and this young girl you know comes to pray pray for him in the healing rooms. And she sees a vision. She says, sir, I I just see you before the, you know, the throne of Jesus is over there and you're walking towards the throne of Jesus. And as you walk towards him, your butt gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the closer you get to Jesus, your butt gets huge until you have this enormous butt standing right in front of Jesus. (laughs) The guy's going, where is this going? And And she says, and then Jesus says to you, There are no buts to healing. Sometimes Jesus is cheeky. (laughs) He can be that funny Jesus, and he can be that holy, eyes of fire, terrifying Jesus. He can be it all. But God, I just want to be it all with you. Whatever you want to be with me, let's just pray right now. Thank you, God, that we can be real before you, and you'll be real with us, God. I just pray over this body to be, you know, that open heaven community that stewards your presence among them and, and within them that looks to your wonders and goes, yeah, yes, we want to be part of your wonders. And that comes together expecting that miracles are going to break out every time we come together. I just release them into that open heaven mindset up where they begin stewarding the culture of heaven more than they ever have before. They begin drawing on things, things that, that they've been doing and maybe even didn't even know they were doing it, but they're doing it really well That they would continue to steward that culture of heaven amongst them, championing each other, firing up, avoiding that, the religious need for validation, event mentality. And instead, celebrating you and everything they do. I just release freedom in this body. The glorious freedom of the children of God. Boom. Amen. Um, we had a great message in the first service. Um, I thought it was great. Uh, I got to share it. <laughs> but guess what? I'm going to tell you something totally different this, this meeting. And it just is what God is, right. during worship, he just started bubbling inside of me. And yeah. so you get a brand new message. Da, 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 da. So, <laughs> oh, you know, it, it, it's a transition time for all of us, for the whole church, for you guys going into a new season, uh, for us in Bethel, um, just for the Church worldwide, so many things happened that, that is, I, I think God's using to launch the church into a new day. Yeah. And so God started stirring in me um, during worship just from the book of Joshua about Israel going into the promised land. And and so I think this is a prophetic message for us, but for us all of us and so, And <laughs> so what happened, just going to jump right in. Um, so what happened was, you know, Moses brought everybody out of bondage slavery in Egypt and brought them to the mountain where they met God face to face, fire on the mountain. Um, and, and he brought them out. It says, well, what did he bring them out for? Anybody remember? Why did he say, let my people go that they might Worship. worship me in the wilderness? That was his plan. Okay. Now, People did, made some different choices. (laughs) One of my favorite lines in the whole Bible is, uh, you know, after the golden calf incident, Moses comes down, gets mad at Aaron, and Aaron goes, I don't know, we put the gold in the furnace and out came this calf. (laughs) I mean, I used to do that when I was 12, but (laughs) I just love it. (laughs) Nothing to do with the message, really, but... (laughs) <laughs> Except maybe a lot. So they came to the border of the promised land. And I'm, this is a prophetic message. So we're calling the promised land the land of all his promises. Okay, doesn't he want to take us into the land of all his promises? Yes. Yes, he says all his promises in Jesus are yes. And then we say amen. Amen. And God gets glorified when we agree that Jesus is the fulfillment of every promise of God. And that's how we enter in. And so he's taking his, you know, all his millions of people um, to the border of the promised land. And he sends the spies in and... 10 out of 12 of them chicken out. They look at the size of the giants in the land. And, and this is what one point I feel like I want to make is that when we come under the law, when we come through our own strength and we face the giants in the land... We look like grasshoppers in their sight. You see, we can't face the giants through our own pride, our own righteousness, our own goodness—you know, my own identity, who I am apart from Christ. I can't face the giants in this world. And so, you know, it says six hundred thousand warriors had to die in the wilderness. Before he could take his people in. Do you know how many 600,000 is? I'm gonna borrow this. Is it? I hope it's a whole Bible. The Doctor's Bible. Wow, That's far funny. out. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay, I'm gonna to go to, and you can do this yourself. If you go to Malachi, where the Old Testament ends, the New Testament begins, Old Covenant, New Covenant. If you flip through the Old Covenant from Malachi back to Genesis, Look at all those words flip by. There are 600,000 words in the Old Testament. Every one of those was a warrior who died in the wilderness because he wouldn't believe God that they could take the land, that they could enter into all the promises of God. They had access to the promised land, not through their own strength or righteousness, but through a gift and a promise. He says, I brought you out so that I might bring you in to give you the good land I promised your fathers. It was all a gift and a promise, just like it is for us. All our righteousness, all our, uh, every promise of God is all just a gift. This is grace. It's an amazing thing. Righteousness is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. The gifts of the Spirit, huh? Gifts of the Spirit. They're gifts. Yep. No." uh... I have an iPhone here, and it came with a bunch of apps. They just came with it. <laughs> when you got Jesus, you got a bunch of apps, whether you used them or not. Amen. Come on. Yeah. Were tongues in there? Tongues is kind of weird. Oh, wait, it's a pre installed app. Yeah. <laughs> Holy Ghost? <laughs> You got a bunch of apps with this package. Whether you've explored them or not is irrelevant. They came with the package. Gifts of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, all of that stuff, it's yours. Okay, but these 600,000 warriors saw the giants in the land and said, too scary. And God had to raise up a new generation. A new generation that was born in freedom. Yep. They were born seeing miracles. They were born in promise. They grew up in promise. And this is the group that he, he used to go into the land of all his promises. First of all, it was a freeborn people. Who here is a freeborn person? I've been born again by the word of God, I've been born again into the glorious liberty of the children of God. The Son has set me free, and I'm free indeed. It was for freedom he set us free. So we are a freeborn people. Okay, and this is the group that he took in. He also, when they got to the, the river, the Jordan River, and he said, okay, I'm taking you someplace you've never been before by a way you've never been before. Hey, guess what, church? It's a new day, a metamorphosis, and he's taking us by a way we have never been before. And he's taking us into something we've never been through before. And he he told the people, he said, just stand back because I'm going to do something in your day. I'm going to take you where you've never been. And so just watch. I want, and who did he have go into the Jordan River first? The The priests, the priests, the Levites, the priests, okay? Who are the priests unto our God and King? Yep, we are a nation of priests and kings unto our God. We are priests. We are a priestly generation. Priests unto our God who bring the worship of God before the whole world and minister to him in front of the whole world. We are his priests. And what what did these priests have? What were they carrying? The Ark of the Covenant, the, the, Covenant, the very presence of God. Okay, when the people under the law who were in their conscious of their own strength couldn't enter into the land of all his promises, he took a freeborn priestly people yep. who carried the very presence of God. Ho! Yes. who is the tabernacle of his presence now? Yes. yes, yes. We're temples of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is in us. So th- this is his plan to go into the land of all his promises. He takes a freeborn priestly generation who carry his very presence go into the land of all his promises. So here here we are. We're a freeborn priestly people carrying his very presence. And we get to the, the edge of the river, which is at flood tide right now. It's overflowing its banks, flowing down, gushing down, gushing down. And it says that and, and this is a wonder I, I, I want to see the movie. I, I really want to see the replay. It says the the river kept flowing down from the mountains, but it piled back in a big pile and kept piling as the water flowed down. Come on I mean, what if you you 're a fish in that river going oh. Go back! <laughs> I, I want to see it because it, it piled up long enough that the whole riverbank was dry for three million people to walk across. That's remarkable. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, there's some stories you just go, I got to see how that played out. Okay, where did that water pile up at? Does anyone know? All the way back. To? Yeah, Adam. Whoa! It was a city called Adam. Now, nowhere else in the Old Testament does it ever talk about a city called Adam. So It's a prophetic picture when the when a priestly, free-born people who carry the presence of God step in to that downflow. The Jordan means flowing down. The downflow of humanity that flows from Adam into uh, what was the name of that sea? Dead Sea. No. The Dead Sea. <laughs> The sea that it flows into and nothing flows out of. The Jordan River at flood stage was flowing down like a, a great muddy mass of all the downflow of humanity. The sin, the shame the, of, of all of humanity from Adam flowing into death. But when a freeborn priestly people who carry the presence of God step into that river, it's piled up all the way back to Adam. But, even better than this, it says it was, it, it was piled up back to Adam, the city that's beside Zaratan. Do you know what Zaratan means? It means pierced. The downflow of humanity that flowed from Adam into death was piled back upon the second Adam, the one who was pierced. And now a freeborn priestly people who carry his presence enter into the land of all his promises. Is that awesome? Ho yeah. oh. <laughs> whoa. This is available. This is available. And in the land of all his promises, stuff happened. He He promised to give them the land, but they had to interact with him. They had to do it his way. And it was always different. I mean, you know, march around the city seven times and blow trumpets and stuff. They didn't ever do that again. You know, sometimes there's shaking in the bushes. and I mean, all kinds of amazing things, but God always fought their battles. Yep. Because he purposed to give them the land, but they had to push out the giants. Yep. You know, not be intimidated by the giants in the land. And if you study it out, I, I, I don't have the... I mean, I do actually have a piece of paper in my book, but I'm not going to take time to do that. Every one of those enemies' names yep. means something. The Amorites is is pride and lofty and, you know, high up. Um, The Canaanites, (laughs) are the parasites. The The Canaanites are materialism, you know. The the Philistines is, is wallowing in the dust. You know, all of these things are attributes that come against us as giants to keep us from the promises of God. And so we, as a we, it, it's important for us first to recognize our position in Christ. No, I am a freeborn, priestly person who's filled with the presence of God. And Jesus, my high priest. You know what was the name of that guy who led him across the river? Oh, what was it? Joshua. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Yeshua, Jesus. That's that's the Hebrew form of Jesus. You know, prophetic. And Jesus, our high priest, went into the floodwaters, the downflow of humanity, took all our sin and shame back upon himself, piled it up upon himself so that we can go freely into the land of all his promises. You see why it's stupid to trust in our own strength or goodness or righteousness? (laughs) Because we can't do it. The giants are bigger than our pride and righteousness. They've been doing it longer. They're better at it. But nobody can stand against the living God. The people of Jericho were in terror because they'd heard of the miracles that God had done among the Israelites. And see, this is our heritage. This is our heritage. Whenever we're going into a new day, it's, you know, yeah, it's unknown. We have no idea how to do it. So we can make plans and go, oh, let's do it this way. Or we can go... I mean, that whole song about rest. (laughs) Oh God, I have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, this is freedom. It's freedom. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I wanna do what you're doing. I wanna do what you're doing. Show me what you're doing. And he goes, Yeah, just get the priest to go out there with the ark and stand in the river and watch. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> just march around the city for seven days you know not fighting any battle <laughs> <laughs> right. and blow a trumpet then blow a trumpet seven times and then go back to camp oh this is a good one right after they crossed over the Jordan River. They camped on the other side. You know, all of a sudden, pff, we're in the land of promises. We're facing Jericho, the mightiest walled city of the age. What do, what do we do now, God? Oh, I'd like you to circumcise all your men. <laughs> <laughs> Jericho, warriors, us, circumcised. Ouch! Ouch! <laughs> Not a good plan, God. Yeah, it's perfect. (laughs) Everything we're going into, we don't know how to do. You know, we're inadequate for every task because everything he's called us to is supernatural. If he's called you to do something that's super easy and that you're super talented at, it's probably not God calling you. Because he calls us to do things that are way beyond our skill level.
0: we, <laughs>
1: we um, many times in the healing rooms we'll have uh you know, we have like 300 guests and it's summertime and we only have a few people left in Reading. you know, on our teams to pray for the sick. Benjamin. been there many times and, you know, we've got like 30 people on our team and, you know, 300 coming and we go, okay, we're Gideon's army, guys. <laughs> you know, God's going to do the work. And then I had this image one day of um, Gideon's army. You know, he whittled it down to 300 and, and then he had a plan to, um, you know, take torches with and put pots over them, and then smash the pots, and go, I ah, swore for the Lord and for Gideon, and, and everybody was routed and scared, which, which is ridiculous, but, I, real, but, but I, real, I realized, okay, they've got these pots. What are they going to oh. do? What are they going to do with all the wine in the pot? Oh, okay, we got to drink all the wine, get drunk in the Holy Spirit, smash the pot, and say a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. (laughs) I know that sounds stupid, and it's religiously uh, offensive. But (laughs) (laughs) drunk people are not self-conscious. They don't care. And this is the whole thing about being drunk in the Holy Spirit is, I am so infatuated with you and your presence right now that I don't care what people say. Yeah, you say, you know, 300 of us can take on thousands and thousands. You say 30 of us can heal 300 people today. Yeah, oh, come on, God, let's just do it. <laughs> and you just get wrecked in the presence of God and go, you know, you can do anything, God, and you can use me. Yeah, you're used to donkey, you can use me. <laughs> And so, um, <laughs> I, I don't really know why I was telling this story, but I, I, I really feel like it's a prophetic picture for a new season, for entering into a new season. We don't do it by our own strength. We don't do it by our past battles. We don't do it you know, based on you know, who I am and all my skill level. We do it based on, okay, God, you're doing a new thing and we're going with you into a new thing. So all I need to know is, I've been set free because the blood of Jesus has made me free. You've made me free, and the evil one does not touch me. As it says of Jesus, you know, he says that the enemy's coming for me, and he has nothing in me. Hey, we are a freeborn people. And when you stand in the glorious liberty of the children of God, when you stand before him, it says in Ephesians, holy and without blame before him in love. That's how he made you to be. He took your sin and shame and made you holy and without blame before him in love. And, and, and we don't listen to the lies. There's always a lie to get us to work for something that was freely given. Yeah. He gave us righteousness, but there's a lie that will try to get us to work to be righteous. No, just receive his righteousness. Receive it as a gift. I know it's, it's ridiculous. It's preposterous. It's too good to believe. But it just happens to be the truth. He gives us his righteousness, not by works of righteousness that we've done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. He just makes us clean. And so we stand in a purity that we didn't earn, in a holiness, a righteousness that we didn't earn as freeborn people set free from the law of sin and death. Mm. brought into the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And he takes us into all his promises. And in his promises, there's healing, there's salvation, there's complete deliverance, there's holiness, there's provision, there's uh, forgiveness, there's everything you need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him. And in that place, we stand in that place, and that's where we go from here into a new day. But he's calling for his church to again to stand up in the truth that we've known. It's a simple truth. It's a simple gospel. But the gospel isn't a bunch of facts about Jesus. I'm the gospel. You know that sounds heretical, but no, I'm the gospel. Yep, that's right. (laughs) Yep. I'm a letter written upon my heart by the Holy Spirit, known and read by all men. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin for me and made me his righteousness. Gospel. I'm the good news. Mm. St. Francis of Assisi said, Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. (laughs) The world's looking for the gospel. They've heard condemnation. They've heard judgment. They've heard all kinds of things from the church. But have they they seen the love of God poured out in your hearts through the Holy Spirit that's been given to you? Have they seen? they seen the gospel in the flesh. My whole life is becoming the Word made flesh. I know Jesus was the Word made flesh. I'm not trying to take his position, because I'm not dying for any of your sin. <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's a done deal. But now he's invited me into himself to become the word made flesh, filled with the spirit of truth, who leads me into all the truth. And, and so, you know, we, need, we just need to have a love affair with his word. With the new, Let's start with the new covenant. Okay? The Old Covenant can be confusing. It's great, wonderful, amazing stories and pictures. I love them. But let's start with the New Covenant. Who am I under a New Covenant? I'm holy. He made me holy. You know, in the Old Covenant, we worked for holiness. The New Covenant, it's a gift and an impartation. He put his Holy Spirit inside us. And that's all the holiness there is in the universe. You will never find any more holiness. So you're looking for holiness. Don't try to work it out. Just go, he's here. (laughs) He's inside of me. He's here. And you know the, stick on my ear there. (laughs) Okay, there we go. Um, Kenny's song about, oh, oh, you're here, Um, it it came out of this conversation we were having that, you know, the Holy Spirit's always here, right? I mean, he's God. He's everywhere. But it's the recognition of his presence. Oh, I see that part goes in the back and then it holds better. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know if I came in this building and I was sitting in the back, I would be here and you would have access to everything that I have. But you wouldn't access it, you know, if Danny didn't recognize me and then, you know, I came up here. The Holy Spirit's the same way. He's here. He moved inside. You can't get, you can't get far away from him. How many of you have ever felt disconnected from God? Anybody? It's a lie. It's impossible. He says, I moved inside and I will never leave you or forsake you. He's here. But the recognition of his presence is how we honor him. Okay, God, I don't feel like you're here. I don't hear your voice. You can talk all about that all you want, but you can also say, God, your word says that you're here, that I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. So I honor your presence in me right now. I honor your presence. I recognize your presence. Thank you for being here. Oh, Jesus, you said when we gather together in your name, you're right here in the midst of us. So, Jesus, I honor your presence. Just based on your word, this is true honor. It's worship in spirit and in truth. When we, I love it when I see, feel, taste, smell, hear his presence. I love all the manifestations of his presence. But when I don't have any physical manifestation, I honor him by saying, oh, you're here because you say you're here. So I'm going to start talking to you as if you're right here. I'm going to recognize your presence and say, oh, you're here because you told me you're here. Thank you for being here. And then I'm just going to talk to him face to face in the midst of us and personally. And we as a people, as a group, you know, you know we sang that song about loving his presence As a group, we come together and we go, oh, you're here. Wait, Jesus is here in the midst of us. The Holy Spirit's moving among us. And all of a sudden, our thoughts, actions, everything lines up with the fact that, oh, wait, we're a holy people with the presence of God in the midst of us. I remember one time I was walking, I'll just finish with this, I was walking through the forest at this big um, counterculture New Age Uh, it it was a festival in the woods, in the forest, and there were 30,000 Wiccans and warlocks and pagans and heathens and all kinds of really wild, crazy people. And we went to be the body of Christ in the midst of them, the presence of God in the midst of the heathen. And so my friend and I are just walking through the woods and we're getting blasted on the presence of God, just glorying in him. And we came upon these, um, it, it was a group of Israeli Jewish witches who took LSD. <laughs> it's just a unique people group, anyway. <laughs> we came into their camp, and and this lady goes, who are you? You know, and my friend and I were walking along and go, um... I'm Chuck, and this is my, my friend, Ben. <laughs> he goes, no, who are you? You're glowing. <laughs> yes. Now, we hadn't been walking along going, ah, try to get the glow on. <laughs> We'd just been recognizing his presence and talking about Jesus.
0: Come on.
1: And these witches, what they saw was glowing glory. Yeah. Shoo. Yeah. This is who we are in the world we are Christ to the world. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But there's so many distractions. Uh, I know you don't realize that, but um, there are really distractions out there. I had somebody call me up and go, I'm freaked out. I can't go to sleep. I said, what did you just do? I watched the news. Oh, What did you do that for? (laughs) Before bed? (laughs) There are so many distractions, but when we turn off all the distractions, there's so much God who's inside of me and inside of you. There's so much God in his word. I know this doesn't look like his word, but it really is. It's his word in every translation that you can find. (laughs) Yeah. So I just want to pray for us. God, thank you that you've invited us into all your promises. And your promises are supernatural. They just come with the package. You're, you're the God of all creation, and you're just a miracle-working God. Miracles are your love language. We just thank you. You've invited us in to the land of all your promises to be a holy people, a freeborn people, a priestly people in the midst of this world to be the very presence of God. And I ask that individually you draw that to our attention again and again and again in every distracting place and situation, and that as we build church together and become the body of Christ together, become the presence of God corporately, that you bring back to remembrance the awe of being a people in whose presence is the very living God. And we would never diminish that. We wouldn't wait just until manifestations come. But God, we'd honor your presence just based on your word that you say you're here. God, thank you for the great honor of being the people who carry the presence of God. Fill us with the awe of that moment by moment, day by day, individually and corporately, that we would practice it, play with it, explore it, take it for a test drive, see what happens when we honor the presence of God in the midst of us. And right now as you're here present, God, I just declare healing for every body that needs healing in this place. Just everything changing from pain to comfort, from sickness to wholeness, from emotional or mental chaos to perfect peace, the shalom of heaven. Yeah. Just ask you to hit that tuning fork of divine wholeness and cause all of our body, soul, and spirit to begin to resonate with your Perfect wholeness, your perfect healing. I just bless you, God, and I thank you for this opportunity in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Family Life Christian Center podcast. If you enjoyed that message, please subscribe and share us with your friends. We believe the Holy Spirit is alive and active in the body of Christ and wants to have a relationship with us as he guides us toward our destiny. If you'd like to partner with us in your giving, please check out our website at www.familylife.cc giving. Or you can text give to 844-955-0993. Thank you for listening and stay blessed.